This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Hired.com is offering a new freelancing and contracting offering. They have multiple companies that will provide you with contract opportunities. They cover all the tracking, reporting, and billing for you. They handle all the collections and pre-fund your paycheck. They offer legal, accounting, and tax support. And they'll give you $1,000 when you've been on a contract for 90 days. But with this link, they'll double it to $2,000 instead. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Freelancer Show. This week's episode of The Freelancer Show is brought to you by Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your stale mail into the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7 and integrates with the tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for the business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. With Earth Class Mail, you can get all of your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. And you'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your door if you run your business from home. Now, I've checked out Earth Class Mail, and I think it's a brilliant solution that's perfect for businesses and independent entrepreneurs of all types. Visit freelancershow.com slash mail, and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up. That's freelancershow.com slash mail. So, hey, everybody. Um, This is kind of a bonus thing, I guess, for the Freelancer Show. I'm sitting in the cafe at the Palms Resort in Las Vegas with Anders. Yeah. Now, Anders, you run, what is it, Track Block? Time Block. Time Block? Yeah. And then you've also got a team of i got a team of you... developers. I've been a freelancer. I've had uh, another business before that, and I've done a hell of a lot of things during awesome. 20 years of being self-employed. Yeah, we're here at MicroConf. Uh, well, after MicroConf, I think technically, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was just chatting with some folks in the MicroConf Slack channel. Yes. And uh, Anders, you know, I said, hey, you know, I was thinking it might be fun to line some interviews up with some freelancers, and Anders said, yeah, I've got some experience. And yeah. So I was like, cool, let's talk. More stories to tell. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So you're based out of Denmark, right? I'm from Denmark, Europe. Yes. Yeah, I think my. Great, great, great grandmother was from Denmark or something. Cool. Yeah. Then we're basically in family because That's, it's such a small country. But yeah, so we're cousins, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However that works. It's such a small country that I'm sure we're related, right? Yeah, yeah, we have to be. We but, only like a few millions. Yeah. So anyway, so you mentioned that you have a lot of experience running teams and things like that. Yeah. Um, is it specifically teams of developers or teams running the entire business? Uh, the entire business. I've both had developers and graphic designers. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, normal HR or administrative persons. I've, I've had it all. Great. <laughs> so well, great. then I'm going to ask you all of my questions. Yeah, yeah fire <laughs> away and I'll do my best. Yeah, I know some of the other show hosts have done stuff like this too, but at the same time, I mean, it's... You know, it's a problem that we all face, and I'm in the middle of trying to figure out hiring and building a team right now. So, It's so funny because the hiring process is like, it's so important, and, and I was really bad at it for many years. Uh-huh. Uh, and the best advice I've gotten is to, you know, go out and find a freelancing HR person uh-huh. and get them to sit next to you during the interview. So you will still be doing the interview, of course, uh-huh. but this person will sit next, ask a few questions perhaps, and then give a second opinion. Uh, after the meeting, right. which is like it's really a hack because if you're a freelancer, you've never you've never been like a manager. Uh-huh. You have no idea what to ask for. And and I've been I won't say cheated or tricked, but I've employed people where after two weeks I was like, Jesus, this doesn't work. This person is so different than right. what I thought he was. So I had to fire them. And and that's it's so much energy you put into it. Right. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I'm running into is. So I've had an assistant that's worked for me for, what, like four years? She's probably yelling at this as she edits it and says, it's it's four and a half. (laughs) But anyway, um, so she's been working for me for quite a long time. And she does a terrific job, and I'm super happy with the work she's doing. But I feel like there are things that are kind of, I don't know, too simple, I guess, to have her doing. Because she's a stellar, she's stellar at what she does. But, for example, she edits the audio for these shows. And she's just, she's a bright, hardworking person. And I'd like to employ more of the bright as well as the hardworking, you know, instead yeah. of just have her work hard on whatever I don't want to do. And, we, you know, I've also been thinking off and on about just hiring her as an employee, but I don't even know what the implications of that are. No. You have, again, 
the implication of hiring people in, in Denmark is probably bigger than than here in the states. Uh-huh. So so we have more laws protecting employees than you have. Right. So you should always consult with a professional, either a lawyer or or an HR professional that okay. knows you know can give you the contracts and and can inform you on how long. In Denmark, you can have like three months trial period, and then you have like at least a month of when you let people go, where you have uh-huh. to pay them. So and that grows up to six months. Uh, so if you have had people employed for ten years, they have six months of, of oh, wow. paid. Okay. Um, so so there's yeah. a lot of things. Not, you not have. the case here. No, no, I know that, but yeah. but it's a good thing to you know understand yeah. it. So you should always consult with them with an uh, HR professional or lawyer before you employ people full time. Okay. And the other thing, when you say you don't know if she, who should do the editing if she doesn't do it, right? You know, I want to I want to build out a team, and I want her to handle other things. You know, it's not like I'm saying, oh well, don't do half of your job, and I'll pay you, you know, half of what I'm paying you. That's not what it is. It's look, you know, I feel like you would, you know, serve the business better by focusing on some of these other things, especially high touch things with sponsors for the podcasts or conference attendees or, you know, anything like that. I think. The important thing is to treat people like they are only at your place for a while. Uh-huh. So you, you you should like when you do software development, you should make a plan for them. You know, uh-huh. talk to them. What will you be doing after you work with me? What right. skills do you need to get better at? So let's make a plan where you can both do the work that has to be done that uh-huh. you don't learn anything from that you are overqualified at. But at yeah. the same time, let's make a plan. You might be at my place then ten years or fifteen years because it's so right. much fun. But which skills do we want to develop, and then really uh-huh. communicate with them regularly, every other or third month at least, have a one-on-one good discussion, talking about how's the plan going, just like you I do like with that. just like you do with software development. You, uh-huh. you, the new way of doing leadership and not being a boss but being a leader. Right. You really have to, you know, help your employees as you have to help your customers. So, so you should really give them the opportunity to grow, uh-huh. give them responsibility. Uh, autonomy, so they can handle on their own. So your job, instead of being being a micromanager and telling them what to do, you should just tell them about the goals, uh-huh. the vision, the purpose of the company, where you're going, and that sh- you should do that every week. Keep on telling her where uh-huh. we're going, and on the quarterly or, or monthly talks, you know, dig into what have you learned. Are we on track? Do we need to send you on courses? Do we need uh-huh. an ebook? Do we need something? That makes a lot of sense because I, I mean that's. I think that's the piece I've been trying to figure out is it's like, yeah, it's, it's look, you know, you're, you're totally overqualified for doing these handful of things. And yeah, I want to take care of her, but I don't, you know, I don't, I, I didn't know how to, how to ask that, like what, you know, have that conversation and actually get to that place where it's like, yeah, where do you want to wind up? What skills do you want to acquire? What, because I know her well enough to know that most of the things that she probably wants to acquire as skills are things that I want her to acquire as skills. Yeah. Things that I need her to be doing anyway. Yeah. And the way she pays back that you're giving her the opportunity to grow is by being fine with doing stuff where you're thinking, oh, she's all qualified for it and uh-huh. it's boring. But that's the payback. So, so you're also doing things you don't right. think is funny. And that's uh-huh. the payback for being a freelancer and, right. and so yep. we have to remember that they are humans too and we mm-hmm. have to treat them like humans and, and if you give them yeah. the opportunity to, to develop even though if they go out and start their own business they will always you know be a friend of you you've right. helped them grow so they will give you leads mm-hmm. they will give you contacts they will do a lot yeah. of things for you it's funny that you you mentioned that remember that they're humans because I've had many people tell me during the conference that you know, I can't think of them as humans almost, or that, how do I put it, so it doesn't sound so crass, but basically, you know, well, you've got to do what you've got to do kind of thing, and and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, uh, she's my friend, you know, the, the couple of other people that I that work for me are my friends, Yeah. you know, and it didn't start that way, you know, and I didn't hire them thinking, oh, we're going to become friends, and then it's going to be hard for me to change what they're doing, but at the same time, you know, I care about them, and I, I want to keep them in my business, yeah. and you know, it's it's okay. So how do we make this work for both of us, yeah. so that I feel good about what I'm getting from you, and you feel good about what you're getting from me? Yeah. And and that conversation, I think, really opens up a lot of that, so that you're going to that place where it's like, yeah, you know, let's make this highly beneficial for both of us, and communicate so that we know that we're both getting what we need. Yeah. One of my, you know, things I've been 
keep circling back to is that if if you the big corporation, the enterprises, they don't allow you to be human. You know, they don't right. allow you to have a day off or have a kid that's sick or uh-huh. any, you know have a bad day where you're just like my brain is on fire. I have to go home. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. You know, so that's the opportunity we have as as a new kind of business is to you know right. make it okay to be humane. You know, yeah. make it okay to want things. Make it okay to uh-huh. develop. In different ways, make it okay to part if, if that's what you're gonna do, or, or yeah. be together as friends. The hard thing about being friends with your employees, because I have a really strong relationship with mine too, uh-huh. is that I believe where I'm failing is that I don't, you know, set up strong girls for the week, for the month. Right. And I don't know, don't become angry, but have the hard conversations when uh-huh. we don't reach the goal. Right. So, so being accountable is uh-huh. something that. I'm working hard on yeah. always being more accountable, but but getting the employees uh-huh. to that level of accountability requires a hard conversation from time to time. Right. And, and and those and are, those are rough sometimes. They, I hate them. Yeah. But but um, I've been reading up on something called radical uh, candor. If you ever heard about that, I think I've heard one or two people mention it. So you should not just read something and go out and implement it because it can really ruin things. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, it it's like I drag one of my employees to the side and say, John, when you're doing this, you're kind of being... I know you're doing it to be fun, and uh-huh. I, I, I really like you, or, you know... Right. And I'm trying to convey something with love to him, you know, with that, you know, that... I don't know how to say it in English, but that... Whatever. So... Just say it in Danish. Yeah. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... But when you're doing that, I know you're doing it for fun, and you you've always been doing it, and it is automatic. But when you're doing it, you're from my perspective and other people's perspective, you look childish or right. rude or uh-huh. something. So, right. instead of trying to say, couldn't you stop doing that? Uh-huh. Because you will be no, but I'm I'm okay with that. Or, right. So you, instead of, of putting a package, the right. truth in, you say. What we're, it, we're a team, and it's when you your ability that, to be part of the team. Yes. And yeah. But also, you know, people don't understand how they come across. Right. So you have to ask somebody else how you come across. I don't know if you've ever asked anybody how you come across. Not somebody lately, really, I should. <laughs> and it's really, really hard doing that. I've had, you know, really some punches to my gut when people uh-huh. tell me, oh, but you're a bit rude or a bit arrogant. I'm like, yeah. what? I'm no way. So That's it, usually what causes the fights with my wife. <laughs> well, when you said you sounded like you meant... Oh no, that's not what I meant. And and that if you can talk to your employees and tell them mm-hmm. these things, they can really grow. And, right. And so so that's also important. That makes employees. sense. I'm wondering a little bit. So I feel like I have way more to do than Mandy and I can handle. Yeah. To even together. Yeah. And some of the stuff, to be perfectly honest, I'd like to get a little more free time. Yeah. So how do I go about building the team that does some of these things? Like, how do you find those people? Yeah, that's a good question. And some of them but are I, developers. I want to say one thing okay. before I do that because, you know, about the problem many people have is that they have too much to do, that they uh-huh. have like months of work ahead of them. Right. And actually, you have to remember that's a good thing. Right. Because if you had nothing to do tomorrow yeah. and the day after and the day after, you will get fired that's or you true. will go bankrupt. Yeah, so, I think though that in my situation, it's not so much that I have a month's worth of stuff to do. Is that I have a month's worth of stuff that has to get done yeah. this week. Yeah. And that's that, it's, it's a like, difference. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, finding people is, is extremely hard. I get contacted by, you know, recruiters and, and uh-huh. portals who have uh, jobs offering. Yeah. And I've stopped using those and I rely entirely on networking. Uh-huh. So, you know, going to, um, I don't know, if you have like networking groups where, where professional business meet up and freelancers meet up. Right. And I primarily want to work with somebody who are freelancing to uh-huh. test them off or I'll right. do one project. Mm-hmm. And then if that goes okay, I might hire them. Because in Denmark, again, the law is that if you have a freelancer for more than a year, he, he, he becomes a hired person. So he has the same oh, really? benefit. Yeah, yeah. There are really strict laws uh-huh. about that. So I would always hire through network. So if have you told everybody you know, I need a person that wants to do this. Right. Um, often uh, yeah. just by talking loudly about it people will you know you have podcasts so you can say yeah. it on the podcast I need a person doing this or that yeah. and people will show up and that's people who really want to do the job not just you know have to get a job right. so yeah that that's true I mean if they've worked out well for somebody I know then odds are better that they'll work out well for me yeah exactly 
And you know, if I were to recommend you some somebody, I would think, oh, you're that kind of personality, and right. this person would work well with you, or this would this person has the skills, but mm-hmm. he would hate working with you because you know you're whatever. Right. So, so you get a, some filtering up uh-huh. front. So, to your thinking, then, is it more important to hire for personality or for skill set? Personality, always, because everybody can. That's it, what I tell people, but I was curious. Yeah, yeah, but no, but I've hired people who were like almost a blank slate, and then I've just trained them so hard and been so honest about what they were good at, what and what. Again, you have to tell people. You've been working at this for six months. I, I honestly haven't seen an, a real improvement in your skill set. Don't you think we should find another skill set you should practice? Because uh-huh. it seems like you're struggling so much. And the guy was like, no, it's okay. I know I haven't moved, but I really want to move. And then we just tried some different way of, of, right. of arranging his work and, and giving him more time to practice. And, and then he started really improving. Uh-huh. But you have to be able to work with people. You're, the thing I'm looking for is like the grit the people who actually sits down and do work uh-huh. because if you sit sit down for eight hours a day doing the work that matters uh-huh. even though you're ten times as slow as me you will quickly catch up right. because you keep on practicing right and um, so I never hire of course you shouldn't hire somebody who are not interested in the skills so you should hire somebody who your personality clicks and who really wants to improve their skill sets. That makes sense. And then let's say that you bring somebody on who has really basic set of skills or you know, doesn't have all the skills that you need. Um, how do you approach that training? Well, I think it's individual from person to person how they want to train. Some people want to go to you know, online courses or, or courses in real life or something mm-hmm. like that. Somebody, someone just wants to do it on their own. So, right. so again, because we're all humans and we are all different, mm-hmm. you have to it's, it has to be in a dialogue with the with the person. How do you learn the best? You right. know, do you learn best standing or listening or the newest research, you know, they've discovered that some people learn through their eyes, some people learn through their ears, some people learn while moving and some people learn while laying down. Uh-huh. So you have to figure out how do this person learn the best and make an environment for that testing? Right. So it's also split testing all the time. Uh-huh. So in some cases, you're going to sit down with them one-on-one because that's how they learn. And in yeah. other cases, you're going to buy access to some online course that teaches them how to do whatever it is you need them to do. Books, whatever videos, yeah. YouTube, yeah. Often I I try to... Podcasts. Podcasts. I have to throw that in. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. I, I, I learn a lot from podcasting, but you don't learn programming for podcasting, right. so... But I often sit next to them, and I'm actually committing myself uh, at this microconf to do more of that when I get mm-hmm. home. So I will carve out more time just sitting next to my, my guys and helping them improve because right. the pair programming is it's besides you know really teaching people stuff. It always also bonds you more and, and make the team more coherent. So so it's right. a good thing. Yeah, that makes sense. One other thing that I struggle with some is team communication. Yeah. So, especially since none of the people that work for me actually live anywhere near me. Yeah. You know, I have I have three people that work close to full-time for me, and they're all in different countries. Yeah. One Same of them, time one, zones? One of, in, one of them's in the U.S. No, not even that. One of them's in the U.S., one of them's in Argentina, and the other one's in Spain. Oh, in Spain, yeah. And so, um, you know, they speak English well, and I, you know, so that's not a communication barrier, but... Sometimes, you know, we're communicating over Slack or Skype. I've been trying to get everyone to standardize on Slack because I can automate more things there and get them more information. But, you know, it's still hard. Like, oh, I take it back. I have another person that works for me in the Philippines, too. <laughs> yeah, so they're all around the world. Yeah. But, you know, so it's like, okay, so, you know, notifications from Basecamp, you know, where we're working on stuff for Trello, which is where we do the development stuff. You know, there are a handful of other tools that we use and just being able to to integrate that, pull all the information together, make sure everybody knows what's moving and where it's moving and yeah. what they need to do about it. It, I, it gets really hard. It's, yeah. How, how do you handle that? Well, I handle that and, and those I've helped all had people in basically the same time zones, plus minus a few right. hours. And in that case, I will always recommend taking a, a Monday meeting, you know, take one or two hours sit down on Skype or hang out or whatever, everybody online uh-huh. at the same time. And then everybody... What if they're doing completely different things? Yeah, but that 
the thing is that even though they're doing completely different things, they're still a team. They're right. still working. The thing is, every meeting should start with you talking about the purpose of the company. Mm-hmm. So why are we here? What are our, our visions? Visions? What are what are we trying to accomplish right. this year? Uh-huh. What are we trying to accomplish this month? And what is this week's must-win battles? You know what right. what task? You know Thursday I I'm leaving for Microcom Thursday, so I need this X Y and C done by that. Uh huh. So you set you set deadlines and tell them when stuff needs to be to be done uh-huh. by, but you don't tell them when to do it. But that you, they should figure that out themselves. Yeah, I don't want to have to be telling. Oh, you got to do this. Do that t- Tuesdays yeah. because that's like no, but I had a dentist appointment Tuesday, so that sucks. Well, then I don't care as long as it gets done. Done in time. by. So you should always tell people when things should be done by, uh-huh. and then you should talk about last week. What did you get done? What didn't you get done? You should uh-huh. write down what you promised to get done. So you you write down what will you be doing this week and right. tell everybody, email it to everybody, and then you take the email from last week and say. I promised to do these two things or eight things. Didn't get this done because of that, and I, I got the rest of it done. Right. And the thing is, even though you're working on different things, how what, do you what, get them to report back? Because that's the other hard thing. So you said they, they come back and they said I got these things done and I didn't do these things. I fire them if they don't do it. Honestly, I fire people if they don't report okay. back to me because I don't know if they're doing the work. I don't know if they're doing what I'm paying them for. Right. So people have to be able to tell you honestly and transparently. I, last week I didn't get shit done because you know my wife uh, broke her leg or right. whatever. So and it's, it's yeah, but like, that's fine. We're people. We, again, back <laughs> to the humanity of it. You know, it's okay, yeah. but it's not okay to hide things. It's not right. not okay to put things under a rock and hope that nobody discovers the elephant in the room. Right. So transparency for me is really key for a team. Uh-huh. That it's okay to fail. It's okay to do mistakes as long as we are open about it. Right. And the last thing about that period of time where everybody is talking about what they're doing, you know, here at MicroConf, what have you been doing uh, for two, three days? You've been talking about what you're doing right. with people who are passionate about the same things. Uh-huh. And the thing is, your employees, when you give them the time to tell about what they're doing, they become more passionate about it because okay. they get the, op- the opportunity to tell about, even though often, uh-huh. not often, but sometimes when one of my developers ramble about something really technical, and even uh-huh. though I'm a developer, I'm not that interested in that anymore. I kind of, you know, nod off and he's sitting there for 10 minutes and talking about all the technical yeah. stuff. But he's so happy after that right. because he gets to share that he's learned, learned these new things and he's made this fantastic green button that, you know, can change colors when you click it. Right. And just the joy people get from that, it helps build this familiar feeling that actually releases serotonin in your brain, which is a, uh-huh. one of the drugs that make you happy, but it's, it's a long-term one. Right. Here in Vegas, where we are, if you sit down on one of the slot machines and, and win, you get dopamine. It mm-hmm. feels the same, but dopamine is short-term and serotonin is, is long-term. Oh, that's so, interesting. So when people get to talk about what they're doing and they feel more connected, uh-huh. that connectedness and the, the room where it's okay uh-huh. to be vulnerable makes them release serotonin, so they, they become more attached to the company. Right. They want to do the right thing. They, they become uh-huh. more passionate about it. The quality goes up. The, right. They are more willing to put in the hours if it's needed. So it has a lot of, of beneficial side effects uh-huh. doing that meeting. I'm seeing a lot of benefits just kind of envisioning how this would work mm-hmm. for my company, right? Where, you know, we all get together. Yeah, and everybody feels like what they're doing, you know, is contributing to the company and contributing to things moving forward. But the other thing that I see coming out of this meeting is, you know, let's say that we have a podcast editor and we have, you know, a couple of programmers and we have, you know, somebody else who kind of does whatever else I kind of dump his way. And that's more or less what my company is right now. But we get everybody involved and then our audio editor says, well, I got these shows edited and I went and uploaded these. Oh, and the process for uploading these files is such a pain. And one of the programmers goes, we can fix that. Exactly. Right? And then, and then the other guy that, you know, kind of does the odd jobs, he says, well, and I can help you with this and this and this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, yeah, everybody go do that so we can pull yeah. together and accomplish what we need to accomplish. And, and the serotonin that comes from being like a family uh-huh. also makes people want to help each other. So, right. so, so you really want to help that audio editor, not 
having to tr the trouble of uploading those files. So uh -huh. it becomes real natural to try to help each other even right. more than they're doing now. And, well, and, and it, it helps. It helps the business as a whole. Yeah, and because you have told them about the purpose of the business, they will uh -huh. know that. It's okay, it's it's a problem uploading audio files for a month more because they are switching to an entire new system right. and that's the purpose. So they shouldn't waste time on automating that uh -huh. in the reverse case of what you just said. So because everybody is aligned on the long-term goals also and a long-term vision, it, uh -huh. it, it makes it easier for your employees to make decisions without right. shaking in with you, talking with each other. And I want to mention a really, really strange side effect of doing this Monday meeting because when we started that a year and a half ago it took like perhaps six weeks and then one of my my developers we were the only one at the other that day and he was saying to me Anders it's really strange but after we've started doing this Monday meeting I really don't feel we talk to each other during the week even though we sit in the same office and I was like you're so right but the even more strange thing was that I feel I know more about what you're doing and I feel more connected to you than I right. ever done before. Uh -huh. So it lifts co the connectivity, it lifts the understanding of what people are doing and it lowers the amount of communication during the week because it's so concentrated uh -huh. and it's so focused on what did we get done last week, what didn't we get done, what are our struggles, you know, right. as, as we do in masterminds, you know. Uh -huh. a, a mastermind is like, what did we get done since last time? What are our current struggles and what are we planning on for the next period of time? Uh -huh. And I do that with all my guys and it really, really helps speed up uh, communication right. and productivity goes up and, and people just have so much more time to do stuff instead of, oh, right. did you do the blue button or should I do it? Oh, you haven't done it. I can't do this if you haven't uh -huh. made the blue button. So I'm waiting for you and right. now I'll go. You've already had that conversation on Monday. It has yeah. to get done. It has to get done by Thursday and then I go like, Okay, but then I need the blue button by Wednesday because I have to do all the green shit after the uh -huh. blue shit. And you go, oh, but I can do that Monday, so would that be better for you? Because yeah. Tuesday I'll do the audio uploading. Yeah, I'll do the other thing that I was going to write. So you get all that coordination and doing things uh -huh. in the right order, so you save so much back and forth. And, uh -huh. and we don't use Slack, we don't use any other communication than the Monday meeting and then the odd email from now and then. So the other question I have for you then is... Do you have a system for keeping track of tasks that need to get done? I mean, I see people using like Trello boards or whatever. You should use whatever. whatever. You should. The, the important thing is. So the, then, on the Monday meeting, I guess is my question: Is during the Monday meeting, let's say that you're using Slack or using uh, Rally, which is agile development software that really sucks. Um, but you know, you're using whatever, <laughs> is right? Is that their slogan? Or? <laughs> no. It should be. Um, but anyway, I, I probably shouldn't knock products. But I no, no anyway. No. But, you know, whatever you're using, so it keeps track of all the things that people are doing yeah. or getting done, you know. So you should be able to see that. So yes. do you I talk about all of it in the Monday meeting or just the critical stuff or what? We talk about it not in details but on a, a detailed enough level that we never talk about anything that takes more than half a day. Uh -huh. So if something takes two days, we break it into half days and say, I'll do this Monday morning, this Monday afternoon, this Tuesday Okay. Uh, so we're pretty detailed. Uh, we have like 10 blocks a week. Uh -huh. That's the time block methodology. Right. But anyway, if you're using Trello, I think the important part is to take what you're going to do this week and email every team member, this is what I'm going to do. So you have that accountability that these are the tasks that I have decided to do this week. Also, uh -huh. so you are, you know that oh, you that can stop them so and, nice. and say, oh, you shouldn't do that and that task. So yeah. Whatever, if you're using Basecamp, yeah. Teamwork, Trello, paper and pen, inbox, I don't care. But take what you're going to do after the Monday meeting when you have decided what you will all be doing and uh -huh. email it to everybody so everybody has it. We use just Excel sheets and emails for like six months while we were building the app. Uh -huh. Because just that mailing it to other people erases the accountability. Right. And you, we printed it out and uh -huh. put it on our tables and it yeah. just lay there. And every morning you came in, you looked at it and said, oh, that's what I'm going to do today. Or actually, what happens is that when you go home Wednesday, you look at it and say, oh, i got to do the green button Thursday yeah. morning. So while going or driving to work, you're already working on that problem. Yep. Your subconsciousness is, has already solved it. So when you meet in at the office, you're just so ready to go instead of you know, yep. going through the inbox thinking what I'm going to do. And what happens there is you always take picks the easiest tasks because then you get things done. But that's right. answering emails, doing support. And that's yeah. not what's moving the business forward. So, right. And so if you get sucked into that, and it's, it's Friday, yeah. and you're like, oh, I still have two things on my list. You, you know, it's like, I committed to get this done. Yeah. 
So we always start the day by doing what we have committed to, and then uh-huh. we can answer emails after that. Oh, that is brilliant. So you just you just yeah. turn it around, you know. Start yeah. with the hard thing. Start with what you have promised to do. Sit mm-hmm. down, get it done. It might only take an hour. Right. And then you have the rest of the day too, but get that thing done. It's so important because when you come go, go home Friday uh-huh. and you have the email with the 10 things or 5 things or 2 things you promised to get done and right. you've got those done, uh-huh. how do you think your brain works that weekend? It's, oh, yeah. It's totally relaxed because yeah. you know you have two months of work ahead of you. But uh-huh. what you had to get done this week to keep on moving and keep your job, uh-huh. you did that, you accomplished that. Right. So you can, the mental shift and the the amount of free energy you get from not worrying about did I do enough because you planned. Because when you plan the week, right. you can look at what you're planning and say, this is enough task to get done for this week to move right. my business forward. This will make us survive or build up our company. Yep. That's good advice for just the solo freelancer yeah, too, right? Because if you're in the midst of the week, I got a zillion things to do. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh. Yeah. And, and in reality, it's like, is this enough to move things forward? Yeah. You know. And the other question is, if is there anything not on this list that if I drop it on the floor this week, it's going to hurt? You know. So you got to make sure you're getting the important things. Yeah. Into that list. Yeah. But if you get the you know so the important urgent, it's. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People, Quadrant you know, One, yeah. right? Yeah. So your Quadrant One is important and urgent tasks. Yeah. So you make sure you get those in there you and then fill then, it out with the Quadrant Two stuff and make sure that that's enough to move forward. And let me give you one more hack for the freelancers, with which I've used myself and with an insane result. Ever somebody contacts you, one of your clients, uh-huh. and asks you to do something, never do it today. Stop doing anything today unless mm-hmm. the client can't make money. Right. So if the credit card payment processor mm-hmm. is down, fix it. Website's Otherwise, down, fix, fix it. it. Otherwise, the blue button should be green. Tell the client, I'll look into it the first thing tomorrow morning. Right. But never, ever, 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 ever say today. Yeah. Because it just shifts the urgency away. So you, the amount of energy that gave uh-huh. me when I did that was tremendous and actually now we, we always we, when we've planned our week uh-huh. and somebody comes and say can you do this it's like yes we can do it Monday right and we have, haven't have had a single complaint about people having to wait a week to get things done right because they know we will do it Monday it's funny you mention that because uh, last May I was working for a client I was building I I guess I don't have to talk about what it was, but it was this weird Facebook hybrid community thingy that they wanted, right? <laughs> a platform. And, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, the client had me join their Slack group. And, um, you know, my the way I do social media or instant messaging is I just sign in and I leave it signed in. And then I'll just, when I'm at my computer, I'll look at it, right? And so he would ping me during work hours and hey you know we need this and I'd just do it right then so then one time he saw I was signed into Slack it was like 10pm and I was at a conference that week anyway it was 10pm I was at a conference and I'm like you know so I went to bed you know I went home went to bed because I was tired from the conference and I had this nasty message in my in that Slack the next day because I was always available and because I left it signed in and he just expected me to drop everything at 10 p.m. and take care of him, where in reality, I wasn't even awake. Yeah. It changes the dynamic between you and your clients yeah. enormously when you always say, I don't have time today, uh-huh. but I will do it tomorrow. They'll respect you more for it, too. That's the funny thing. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they'll be happier when you uh-huh. do it, and they will pay for it because it's not just something you just did, but it's actually, you know... It'll take an hour. I'll do it tomorrow between 9 and 10 because I have some free time. Whatever you make right. up of excuse. But but it's it just changes the conversation so much. Instead of being this, you didn't do it in five minutes. You usually do it in five. Why did, why did it take 10 minutes? To, they have more respect for you and they have uh-huh. more respect for your time because you have respect for your own time. Yep. So, so that's really important. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I've kind of mandated to my team that we use Slack. Yeah. I know that some of them are less thrilled about it, let's say, than I am. I, I feel good about it because it works for me. And, you know, I feel like I can do that because 
I'm paying them. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, should I be considering other things? Well, it's really up to the individual. Again, this humanity. So some of them want to talk to you, and then you, you probably have to talk to them. Right. But, but try out the Monday meeting and see uh, what yeah, that changes. Because yeah. it, you might notice that Slack will just become a place where... You know, concrete pieces of information is is, is shared, or, or that's more or less what I want it to be. Yeah, you don't want it to be a, a kindergarten where people are talking about you know their socks or dogs or right. whatever. But the other thing is that you know, for for people who do cognitive work, you know, using the brains, they they really need to be in flow right. uh, to do that. And if you've heard about flow, the concept of flow, flow is a state where if you get interrupted. The research shows it takes 25 minutes to get back to where right. you were. So if somebody writes something in Slack and you're thinking, oh, I can answer that, again, this answering immediately, like with your clients, right. and they go out of flow to answer this question, right. then they, they take one minute to answer a question, but they lose 25 minutes of flow time because they have to get back into flow. So I would recommend, you know, checking... Slack in the morning and then shutting it down. Work for two or three hours in deep flow. Do not check email. Do not check messaging. Just get things done and then right. check back into to Slack. See if people are having any I like problems. It. Yeah, that just increases productivity enormously and the, especially the quality of what people are doing goes up when they uh -huh. have time to be in flow because they understand much more complex problems. So right. they do better solutions, more creative solutions. So I have another question that's, I'm going to completely change topic on you, but you keep saying you have to know the purpose of your company. Yeah. And then you have to have a vision for where you're going long-term and, you know, shorter term. When I started my business, initially it was, I got to pay the bills freelancing, right? And then I started doing these podcasts and so... You know, things changed a bit where it was, we're, we're giving out free information, right? Which isn't really a purpose or a vision. It's just what kind of what we do, right? Yeah, but there's probably a purpose behind it. Right. How do you get there? How do you get to that purpose? Well, I, I found my why by reading Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Uh -huh. uh, he has some courses and some things you can go through to figure out what your why is. Okay. Uh, and the why is what drives us. That's the purpose, you know. Right. So my why is happiness. So, so whenever I, I do something, it has to align with my goal of making people more happy. Right. Um, so all the good advice I'm giving you is something I've tested on myself and knows to, to bring more happiness into your life right. while improving productivity, while improving mm -hmm. quality, but, but it, it also has to, to make you more happy. But yeah, Simon Sinek, Start With Why is, what I all, is my go-to when, when people have to figure out okay. what they're doing. The, the other thing you can do is you know think about or write down all the things you've done going back to as long as you can remember uh -huh. and see what's, what's the common thread going through all of that uh -huh. and you would see you know I when I did that exercise I discovered that one of the things that I really enjoyed and had done not as a business but on the side was motivating people and helping people to move beyond themselves yeah and I just realized that yeah but that's also you know making people happy by making them realize that they can do more than they thought right so that's part of my why and part of my purpose you know always helping okay. people so I again take people in I can train and help to become better people um, okay I was I think I was looking at it wrong or maybe not wrong but at, at, at the wrong level where I was like we want to help programmers do better in their careers and we want to help programmers um, accomplish more at work and we want to help you know and where you're talking about uh, happiness I want people to be happier and that yeah. makes me happy or you know I, I want people to feel like they can accomplish something yeah. and, and feel like they're they can move ahead with their life because that makes them happy and yeah. that and so you know you're hitting it at a much more fundamental level than yeah. I was right and I, I mean that's a good place to start but then you can go and you can say so the way we're going to do the making people happy or helping people yeah. accomplish more is by focusing on these areas with the podcasts or focusing on these areas with the conferences yeah. that I do. And But it has to align with your why. And so right. Sinek has the why, what, and how. So why is why we do it. Then we have what we are doing. Well, mm -hmm. I'm building 
a methodology that makes people happier. How right. and then the how are doing that? Well, we are building an app, and I'm doing consulting and blah blah right. blah. So you have these three layers. Yeah, you could write a book, or you could you write know, a book, do yeah. a podcast, or whatever, right? But that's how and what. That's not uh-huh. why. I, al- I also always, if people have a hard time understanding, I always quote, you know, Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't stand on that uh, uh, in front of all those people saying. We have to do this and that, and we will do it this way. He said, "I have a dream. You yeah. know, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise." He didn't right. say, "We have to rise, and we should do it this way right. and that way." And he, yeah, never, he gave them the vision, right? He gave them the wish that, that the my dream. black children can play with white children, and yeah. they won't, you know, it, the color of their skin won't matter. Yeah, you know? and that's and a dream. You can see it. You can feel it. You know, and you, you could buy into it because right. you don't buy into how and what, uh-huh. but, it's, don't, don't but it's not the concrete. And here are the steps we're going to get there. You you can talk about that as you go, but you have to have that vision. Yeah. So what is your dream? My dream? Oh, boy. So that's that's still a little bit tricky for me to answer. I mean, I, I have I have dreams around, like, you know, what my family life looks like. Yeah. And I have dreams around kind of what my professional life looks like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I really just... I want to make people's lives better. I mean... That's a fantastic dream. Yeah. Both your your family life better uh-huh. and your business life yeah. and the people around you. That's yeah. that's a dream worth pursuing. Right. And if you talk to your employees, they probably are working they can get with on board you with that, yeah. because that's they know that's your dream. That's oh, no, yeah. That's why they're hanging out with you. That's why they're working for you because they also like uh-huh. that. They want to accomplish right. it. They have the same dream in some. Uh-huh. Of course, it's different dream because it's theirs, but it right. aligns very much with your dream. That's really interesting that you say that because, you know, so I mentioned that, you know, I have Mandy that does the audio, audio editing and a whole lot more for my business. And then I've got Federico and Artan that both are programmers that are working for me. And then um, Gerald is in the Philippines and he's kind of a general purpose get crap done. <laughs> and, you know, I, I give him all the stuff that it's like, I don't care how long it takes. I just need it to happen. Yeah. Mainly because he's capable, but he's also very inexpensive. Yeah. Anyway, the two programmers, both of them, I was kind of thinking aloud on the podcast, you know, I need help getting the programming done. And, yeah, they both came to me and said, I want to work with you. Yeah, and they've been listening to the podcast, and if you've been listening to a person's podcast long enough, even though that person doesn't know their own dream, it shines uh-huh. through because that's the question you're I, asking, that's what you're doing, that's what you're interested yeah. in. I can definitely see that. I mean, a lot of the things that we've done and talked about on the show... And the place that I come from really is that. I just couldn't articulate it until now. Cool. I feel like I need to kind of solidify parts of it a little bit yeah. so that it's it's okay. It's so, a process. It right. takes time. I want to make people's lives better, but what does that look like? What is the vision behind the yeah. idea? And then uh, from there, it's, yeah, okay, now how do we get there? And the other thing that I'm coming to as well is, um, you know, I look at a lot of this and I'm like, well, you know, I want to help some of the, the social issues in programming, and I want to help with some of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the other career issues in programming, and I want to help people recognize how to make their jobs better, and I want to make sure, you know. So I've got all well, these other areas. That with the dream. Yes, but I don't have to do them all. No. I can pick the ones that are most rewarding to me yes. and focus on those. Yeah. And you have a lot of year ahead of you, so you you'll get it. You'll get to every yeah. every one of them. That's true. I mean, I could feel I could get to the point where it's like, yeah, I feel like I've made a major impact in in the lives of people who are listening to me in the area of what kind of better jobs or you know their ability to find good jobs or whatever. And then I can move on to okay, well now I kind of want to tackle these social issues for a while. And so, you know, then we talk about women in tech, and we talk about minorities in tech, and we talk about some of the U.S.-centric uh, ways that we talk about code and how mm. that affects people outside the U.S. in those communities, because there is some interplay there, you yeah. know, if that's what I decide it, I want to put a lot of focus on. Yeah. And, yeah, it... And it all aligns beautifully right. with your dreams. Right. And so then, yeah, so then I feel like I am, I am putting out into the world what I want to. Yeah. I have to say, like... You're smiling more now than an hour ago. That's funny. Yeah, well, it's funny because, uh, like, MicroConf, coming here and just talking to just a handful of the people I've talked to um, has... I mean, I've had realization after realization of certain things. Is it the first MicroConf? No, it happened last year, too. Okay, yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, last year it just blew my mind. 
mine too. I didn't sleep the first microconf. I just lay there in bed every night looking up into the ceiling and going, wow. Yeah. And it's funny too, because last year I felt like the talks were a little bit better. And I think by better, I mean more applicable to where I was last year than the talks were applicable to where I am this year. Yeah. But I told Rob this last year, and I feel completely the same way this year. Yeah. The receptions and the you know the Always time in right. the hallway yeah. and all of that stuff. I mean, the talks are so good that everybody actually goes in and sits through them. Yeah. But uh, you know the hallway track and you know going to dinner with people yeah. and then they have the receptions every night and just those conversations. Yeah. If they eliminated the talks, I would still pay full price for the conference. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I would pay double for the yeah. conference. It's that. It's that well worth it for me it is it's so much worth it it is so once you get the purpose then you figure out your what and your how and then you is that where you start making the short term plans this yeah. is what we need to get yeah. done what, what what should we do today what should we do this, this week? week this yeah. month yeah how far out do you you know do you have like a mini vision for the quarter or the year yeah I'll, I always have some goals for the year for the quarter for uh-huh. the half years but those are more dreamish than actual goals because the further out they go the more they right. are about the dream and not about what we're doing right now right. so it, the distance from you changes what you're talking about uh-huh. and it again it's really important for the programmer to know that my dream is that in six months we can integrate with whatever uh-huh. because then he can align what he's doing and the code is right with that so, that makes sense so that's it's important to talk about that uh-huh. not every Monday meeting but from yeah. time to time when you know we have a joke in the company that I come into the Monday meeting and I go like, I've read a book, or I've been in a conference, and they know, <laughs> oh, now, now now things are shifting, you know, there's a, right. a change in the matrix. But, but you know, you get epiphanies uh-huh. from now and then. And then you go to your guys and say, I've just had this epiphany. I think we should build the green buttons instead of mm-hmm. the blue ones first. Right. What do you think about that? And it's not this week uh-huh. and it's not next week, but they know that things are changing and they have a. They, and then they go, uh-huh. you, you give them all the reasoning behind it, all the, the insight you got. And then a week or two later, when you ask uh-huh. them to do it, they understand why they should do it. Uh-huh. And they just do it because they can see it aligned with the general purpose. That makes sense. Um, one thing that I'm wondering about is if I go in and I do some of these things, it's going to be pretty drastic change to the way that we're doing things, right? Mm because um, it's just kind of in status quo keep the you know keep the motor cranking kind yeah. of thing yeah I, I guess I'm wondering a little bit you know if somebody isn't getting on board for whatever reason yeah what do you do fire them <laughs> really just yeah so you give them you slack get, you train them you try right. you, you take them one on one and explain them why it's important you try to figure out why won't they commit to anything is that uh-huh. because they their self-worth is in, right. the, in the in the dump or is uh-huh. it because their wife is pregnant and they just can't get shit done you've tried again right. the humane uh-huh. thing is right. try and figure out but what i've learned from all those people i've helped with, with doing this change is that there are some people out there who have been working for 10 20 or 30 years perfecting the art of not working and making it seems like they actually right. do work and yeah, I don't you, you discover that really easy, and, and yeah, if you're talking about every week, <laughs> if you're talking about if you if you require people to promise uh-huh. to do something every week and they week after week they don't have come to do through, it. right? Then it's like, but would you like to have them employed? Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't foresee this being an issue with the people I have working no. with me, but I have had people work for me in the past. Yeah, where like any change is impossible. Yeah, and so I was just curious because I know. I know some other folks are going to go and try this. They're going to, they're going to want to, you know, try it out. And I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, what, what if they have that guy? What if that guy is kind of a key member of their team, but they just won't get on board? Well, then they aren't a key member of the right. team. Right. Kind of, you, you can't right, be a team, the team player and not be on the team. Right. The team's changed. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to play your part on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're not part of the team. We're gonna let you go, and and it's okay that it, that yeah. the team changes all the it, time. It's a fit thing. They're not yeah. a bad person. It's no, just, no, there's yeah. nothing wrong with them. They just need a new job. Yeah, very cool. So then, uh, the last question I guess I have is, uh, where do things like so you have your Monday meetings? Where do things like email and you know some of these other ways of communicating and systems for keeping track of what's going on? Where do they fit in? We do it, you know, around lunch. When we meet in around lunch and just before we leave, uh-huh. and then we have these uninterrupted block of times where we really try to dig into flow. Right. I often have to plan at least one block a week where I just do inbox zero-ish kind of stuff, 
you know, administrative stuff, doing payroll and stuff like that, right. bank banking. But that's how reality is, and and right. when I block out time for it, I'm more effective at it, and it sucks more, but you know, I get it done. That makes a lot of sense. So you have your grind out the crap block, yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever it means. And I often do it Friday just before leaving because then I have you know real incentive to get it done quickly and then yeah. go home. So that makes sense. But whatever makes you take. I really, I really like the approach, and yeah, I'm I'm probably going to be implementing a lot of this in my business. You are welcome to contact me on Skype or email if you need any. If you want to discuss yep. any of the minute details, because there's a lot of yeah. I, lo- I got I, lo- I got a lot of details around how you can do it, even more than we've just been discussing. I've been doing right. helping people with this for, for for a year and a half now, and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of different things. I remember one client I had. We had a Monday meeting. It took three hours, and when it was done, they had one and a half day of meeting because there were so many skeletons coming out of the closets. It was insane, and, and they were so happy. Because they had this project with a deadline two months away, mm-hmm. and suddenly, in three hours of talking, they discovered one of them thought they should test in one way, and another said, "But we don't have any testing suites." And mm-hmm. you know, everything about that project were uncoordinated, mm-hmm. but they reached it on time because it was we we happened to implement uh, the time lock methodology just in time for that project to to actually go through. Right. But it was so insane, and they was they were just like, "We need to." We'll book half a day for this, and then uh-huh. ten minutes later, oh, they were like, the scope was so unclear for everybody. So they're like, we have to take another day just talking about what is the scope. Right. So it's it's such a powerful thing to do, sitting down and and talking about stuff. What will you do next week? Uh-huh. And and people are like, I will do this, and like, oh, but you can't do that because we don't have a testing suite. And then they ran into this technical discussion about testing suite, which wasn't right. present. So yeah, because you put everything on the table, it becomes right. so transparent, and it, it's okay to question things. It's okay yeah. to say, I don't know how to do it, or we can't do that uh, because. Well, that's how you move forward. Yeah. So what is time block? Well, what we've been talking about, the, the methodology is, you know helping people to communicate and, and be in flow. Mm-hmm. We've built an app, which you can get access to if you want to, uh, that we are still building on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a methodology that I teach people and I teach other te- to teach people, and that's it. Cool. If podcast listeners want to reach out to you, are there good ways to do that? Twitter, Anders, email? Twitter, Anders2 at Twitter, and Anders at timelock.com. Uh, and yeah, my, I think my Skype address is on the homepage, so and my phone number, so you can call me if you want to. I, oh wow, that's brave! Yeah, <laughs> so it's mine. been there for a year and a half. <laughs> I, I haven't had a single phone call, so I don't think people actually use this app anymore. But mm-hmm. um, but you're welcome. Yeah, I, I really want to help you be happy in your working days. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if I have any uh, anything else I want to ask about or you know bring up, but I'll definitely be emailing you because I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to run into something and be like. So, what do we do about this? Yeah, there's a lot of... It takes like three weeks to see the benefits and then it takes like three to six months to really get into the groove of it and, mm-hmm. and it becoming like a regular thing that just happens. So, you're in for a ride, but it's it's mind-blowing. The, the, the change in the team and the change in the behavior of the team uh-huh. members in just three weeks is... I, I get the chills every time I, I, I help somebody where I'm present in real life. Mm-hmm. in the teams because just three weeks in when I walk into the office the noise level goes down the, you, know, you know people are working instead of talking in the morning because right. they know what they have, they have to do right. they become so much more focused and happier and smiling mm-hmm. and joking right. but in, in such a pleasant way it's, the transformation is so cool to watch I love it awesome alright well we'll go ahead and wrap this up you know thanks again thanks again for talking through this so one other thing that we do for our shows yeah uh, is we have what we call picks. And picks are just things that make your life better, things that you're kind of into at the moment. So, for example, uh, a lot of our guests pick like TV shows or movies that they really like, or they'll pick uh, coding tools or, you know, just anything that they're just really into at the moment. Yeah. So, do you have anything you yes. kind of want to shout out about? Yes. It's a Chrome plugin called mm-hmm. Newsfeed Eradicator. Um, okay. It was Dave Collins who, who pitched it to me. Um, it removes the news feed from Facebook. So when you log on to Facebook, you know that endless scroll in the middle uh-huh. that sucks life out of you. It disappears and it, there's an inspirational quote instead. 
So you, oh wow! <laughs> and it's just like you have to go to Facebook to check messages or you right know, post to update groups, your pages whatever. or pay for boosting. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But I can't see my new, and I have to install the plugin to see the newsfeed. So I have uh -huh. to go to my iPad and I leave that at home. So I have to go home to go to to Facebook, and that uh -huh. really. In the beginning, it was like I saw those inspirational posts like 20 times a day, but now mm -hmm. I don't see them that much because I don't open up Facebook all the time. Right. So I don't do tools in general because I believe more in behavioral change, but mm -hmm. that tool that tool really helped my life a lot. Right. So I, ha I, I have some, I guess, a pick that I can put out there for Facebook, and we may wind up talking about it on a future episode, and that's basically, and I'm kind of ticked off at Moitza Mars because she didn't tell me about this. Uh, but anyway, so in Facebook, I've started uh, boosting the posts that we put on the Facebook pages for the episodes. Yeah. To get people to see them. And so when I boosted the JavaScript Jabber episode, I think it got like 700 people to see it. And I think seeing it is just it showed up in their feed, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we got like nine likes and a handful of people actually clicked through. Yeah. Which is totally good for me for five bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. But what I didn't realize, because I just said anybody who's interested in JavaScript, what I didn't realize, and this is the kicker, okay? So, and she may have mentioned it on the episode, and I just wasn't listening. So to get to the point, you can create audiences for your Facebook yeah. ads. And if you have an email list, yes. you can export the email list into a CSV and import it into Facebook. Yes. And then what that does is it creates an audience of those people, right? Yeah. So if I import a list of like 2,000 people, I think I did for JavaScript Jabber, I had like 1,400 people that Facebook identified as those yeah. same people. And then what you do is you go in and you create a look-alike audience for that same group. Yeah. Now you have to keep in mind that on those look-alike audiences, you have to specify a country. So I specified the United States. When that quits working for me, I may, or, you know, if I feel the need that I may add other countries. But anyway, so now there are 2 million people in that audience mm. that it will target those episodes to and they're people who look like the JavaScript Jabber audience and so it's not just JavaScript people anymore but it's people who have things in common with them yeah. to the point where Facebook says these people are like those people in other words these are these are all the people that are enough like my current audience yeah. that they could be potential audience yeah. members and I'm reaching those people instead of just you know general JavaScript yeah. you know people who put that in because they do web development in .NET and then, on occasion, they actually go twiddle some script tags somewhere on their page, and they put JavaScript in. They're not going to listen to JavaScript show. They don't care. But the Facebook audience editor is amazing what you can do. In yeah. There. It's so freaking. You can say, one, this city, within five kilometers of this city, they have to live there and stuff yeah. like that. It's so powerful. Yeah, like the brick-and-mortar stuff. My dad's a dentist, so yeah. I've, I've thought about doing Facebook advertising for him and yeah just saying they have to be close then, to Provo yes. and they have to be you know more than 35 because that's when you get dental, dental problem and they have to yeah. you know, be in this education so they have then the money or they have to uh -huh. uh, you can do so many yeah. things I've you can seen. target women so that you're getting the moms yeah it's you yeah. know it's it's so funny it feels so wrong sometimes <laughs> yeah I'm going to stock 300,000 people in my metro area yeah. but at the same time I mean there's nothing wrong with putting ads out in front of your target market nope you, and, you're and just trying cool to stuff. help people yeah. So, yeah well and I think that's really the point I mean some people are doing it because they want to make money 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 yeah. right and to a certain degree if I'm not making money it hurts but yeah um, for other folks it's you know it's it's the other thing it's I want to help people, and and that's where he gets his fulfillment from too. I mean, it's yeah. I, I come by that completely honestly. You know, he's he's all about helping people, and he he was like a, a Boy Scout Scoutmaster. Yeah, he actually helped a couple of boys, you know, turn their lives around. Cool. And it's funny because that's what he talks about. He doesn't talk about the dentistry. No, no. He doesn't talk about his work. You know, occasionally it'll be like you know somebody came in for a dental treatment. And uh, I feel like I was able to give him some good advice for their life. Yeah. You know, or that's he's had dental, dental assistance. Yeah, that's his dream, right? And yeah, when he, you understand that, it's, it makes so much more sense. And I don't know if he would articulate it that no, way. No, but people don't. I, you know, most people don't articulate it like that. Some people have a strong sense of their dreams and follow mm -hmm. it without knowing it. And I, I've yeah. always been envied those people because I really have to 
really, really struggle to, to figure out what my dreams were. Right. So, but but it's part of the journey, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and turn this thing off. Uh, thank you so much again for uh, coming and talking to us. And thanks, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.